All right, and welcome back. We are back here with Deep Dish Sports. We got a little bit of a uh, small crew tonight, uh, just Drayless along with Skinner here tonight, but we also have a special guest, our first guest on the podcast this time around. Uh, we got Henry Garrett, another local resident of Lakeshore Drive down here in Chicago. Henry, how you doing? I'm great, Drayless. Skinner, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Of course. Glad to have you. All right, so got a big, uh, big past week and a big week coming up again here for Chicago sports, uh, pretty much revolving around the Bears again, um, as the baseball season doesn't have a lot going on. And then, as we've mentioned, the residents of the United Center over on the west side of town are pretty much dumpster fires, but Bulls are looking pretty good so far up in, uh, up in Milwaukee, but that's a, something we'll touch on here a little bit later. Um, so yeah, I mean, ha having Henry here, we're excited to have our first guest, kind of see if we can uh, break into a little bit of a, a new market in terms of uh, who our listeners listeners are at this point. Um, but we're going to get into a topic here that kind of came up um, just in, in normal conversation with Henry and I, um, and a little bit of the you know difference in opinions that some people have on how to build NFL rosters, kind of the best way to get your team in position to compete and, and get to that end goal of winning a Super Bowl. Um, so, Henry, I know you have a little bit of a difference in opinion in uh, what the Titans should do regarding Marcus Mariota. Skinner, we'll, uh, we'll hear your thoughts on this as well. But um, I've, I've started hearing a little bit about maybe the fact that they will pay Marcus a hundred plus million dollars here coming up. Uh, Henry, what, what are your initial thoughts on that? I think you might shock some people with the way you uh, feel about this. Shock and awe is the key here. Um, so for me, it has been a hard time being a Titans fan. I'm from Nashville. Um, and since I have been of age, they've been pretty rough. We've had a couple quarterbacks. We had the whole Vince Young experiment that moved on to Kerry Collins. Sheesh as he was in the retirement home. Um, we had Matt Hasselbeck as he was on his way to the retirement home. And then Jake Locker, we all know how that is. He is now a gym owner. Um, Do you frequent this gym? I wish. I would be much bigger if I frequented <laughs> that gym. <laughs> but I personally think we should pay Marcus Mariota. Um, he's shown enough to me to – think that he can win if he has a good enough cast around him. Um, we spent the second overall pick on him, so we've already put a lot of time and effort and draft capital into him. Um, so I think if we just let him walk out the door now, we'd be starting over, and maybe we get stuck with someone like Sam Darnold. And I don't want that. I want my guy who, as of right now, has an 89.7 career QB rating, which puts him number 15 all time. Um, I think that really warrants being paid. Now, I will say, I don't want to pay him $140 million Aaron Rodgers style because then we can't pay anybody else. We're on the same page there. I don't think uh, anybody would say that you should pay him that, that kind of money. Skinner, what do, you, what do you have on an initial thought on this? Titans, whether, whether or not they should be given uh, Mariota the what? Is that a nine-figure salary here when his contract's up after the following season? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, our boy Shano, he's a big Mariota fan too. Um, I've been a little critical of him lately. I think he is an above average quarterback. So, um, I'd say 10 to 15 range, but I don't know. I mean, if, if this off season, there's going to be some options. I think Bortles is going to be an option. I mean, I don't know what you think of Bortles, 
But what if what you're, if you're going to bring in Bortles, I'll pay Mario to two hundred million, and I am well, listen, 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 listen. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm just saying, you you pay a quarterback hundred million dollars, and that handicaps you everywhere else you want to spend money. So it does, it does, and that, so, that's why I'm on the other side of this. I mean, you think about right. the two different ways that you can kind of go about building your team. It's you draft the quarterback, or you you obtain your quarterback in one way or the other. And then you build around them. You continue to retool around them as the years go on. And you're hoping that he's the the centerpiece of the organization and, and is enough to be kind of the leader of the team getting to the playoffs consistently. Or you right. go the route that a lot of the you know up-and-coming teams are doing. You look at what the Eagles did last year, uh, what the Chiefs and the Rams are doing, what the Bears are in the process of doing still very early on where you really build up the rest of your team. You solidify at least a competitive um, playmaking defense in the Rams and the Chiefs case or an absolute stalwart defense in terms of what the Bears have. And then you go and get your controllable young rookie contract quarterback or somebody that's adequate, like like what the Vikings mm-hmm. did. They go and they paid for Kirk Cousins, but they had the rest of their team built up already. Um, and it's just really, I think what it comes down to is a difference of opinion, mm. but what I'm seeing in the NFL so far, or not so far recently, it, it looks like that second idea, the second approach is more effective right. recently, um, and just gives you maybe a little bit more flexibility. Um, and that's really why I, as a, if I was a Titans fan, I'd be maybe hesitant or shy away from paying him that much just because from an outsider's point of view, I see them having more than a couple question marks where if you pay him, are you guaranteeing that you're able to fill those other voids before you've pumped 40 or $50 million away and you're not winning still? I don't know. Right. And, and Henry, maybe you can contest to this, but um, I haven't watched a ton of Titans. I think I've watched two or three games this year, but there's been stretches where that offense just looks atrocious. And maybe that's a product of changing coaches so often or OCs lately. But I mean, it, it doesn't look good. Deion Lewis doesn't look, amazing right. and neither does Derrick neither does Derrick Henry so as far as weapon wise I mean is Corey Davis your number one for the next 10 five five to eight years or whatever or what what is their plan on offense outside of Mariota right 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 so that's a good point um they've looked like the best team in the league and they've also looked like the worst team in the league um so best that's been pretty frustrating yeah, I mean they they beat the the Patriots by twenty plus points. I mean they they I won't take away from them that they've they've showed signs. They I mean, no, yeah, they look good. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think he had one incomplete pass last week. Um, so I mean he's definitely. I, I don't want to make it sound like I think he's a bust or that he's not worth anything. I think I mean like a team like the Jaguars, whose offense is absolutely anemic. If they were to go pay him this kind of money because they have a lot of the other pieces figured out. I think something like that could make more sense maybe than a team that in my, again, in a third person or a third party view maybe has more question marks, but you know, that's where Henry kind of has the, the inside track of following the team. Like, like we follow the bears. And and this could be a product of bears fans, like AJ and myself watching the bears pay Cutler all this money. And not that Cutler was awful, but he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't an above an average quarterback really ever, but maybe one year. And it right. definitely handicapped the Bears for six, seven years. Right, right. And that is valid. Um, I think back to what you are talking about earlier, Skinner, um, they 
have not really had any weapons for him, which I think has been part of the problem why he hasn't been able to kind of break through to that next tier is that until this year, his top receiver was Richard Matthews, who right. is serviceable, but he's not an awesome guy. We can all say that. Um, so at times they've looked good this year because the offensive line has played well. So when he has enough time, he can make every single throw. Um, I really like Davis. I think he is going to be the guy for the next five to eight years. He can get open on anybody and he can sky over anybody. He's 6'4", 230, okay. I think. Freak athlete. He's a legit number one in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, they have to get kind of those additional ancillary pieces, but I, I don't think you'd be too upset if he's your number one guy moving forward. Right. Okay, right. so what, what about helps. Derrick Henry, though? I mean, he got so yeah. much hype coming in the year and – I know. I don't know. It's uh, frustrating because you're right. He had so much hype. He was going to be the guy. But he's a guy. He is a 10-car locomotive. He needs about six or seven steps to get going, and then you can't get him down. Right. So he needs a good offensive line. But when he has a good offensive line, he's unstoppable. This year, they've looked terrible on the offensive line. So he's been stopped behind the line probably 50% of his runs, which is – pretty frustrating. Um, right. So is he a starting NFL running back? I think yes. Right now, he doesn't look like it. He just needs a good offensive line. If you throw him on the Cowboys, I don't think he's as good as Zeke, but he's an above average running back on that team as well. Um, so I think they have issues. Um, I don't think quarterback's the issue, though. I think you you know that you got someone who can help you win at that position. Right. Why let them walk out the door when you can use any of those picks on guys that can come in and can make an impact right away, which you see that it's easy to do for a running back, for a receiver, for a pass rusher. It's a lot easier for them to make an impact year one than it is for a quarterback. Yeah. It is, yeah, and that's something that, you know, that side of the argument, I think, is pretty valid. It's just that that's putting a lot of faith in your front office. Um, and again, maybe that's the Bears fans in, in, in at least the Bears fan in me, knowing that prior to this pe most recent offseason, the, uh, the front office has done very little to inspire confidence and they were not making good draft picks. Um, I mean, I, my fear, I guess, kind of does the source of that fear goes back to the Jay Cutler thing where they didn't have an offensive line similar to uh, where the Titans don't have a great offensive line. Now they very rarely had any sort of weapons. They were cycling through offensive coordinators and systems on a by bi yearly basis, almost like it just seemed like there was no consistency. Um, and there was always a handful of question marks as to where they were going to go next. So maybe I'm, drawing an unfair comparison between where the bears were at that point where the titans are now or maybe where the lions are now and where the I, titans might be but aj um, i don't mean to I, stop you. i guess i'm a little more hesitant just because of what i've dealt but, with as as the bears i think you're spot on though i think that like you look at the lions now and you look at the bears how they were um i mean the bears were always an offensive line uh maybe a couple pieces on defense away from being very good with with color 
And right. meanwhile, they were pumping what fifteen to twenty, maybe twenty-two or twenty-three million dollars a year into his contract. Right, and he was never above average. He was never. He had one year where he was what the ninth-ranked quarterback in the league. And yeah. and I, and I that, think Mariota overall, like I think his production and his consistency so far is better than anything Cutler was able to do for significant stretches. And I'm one of the biggest defenders of Cutler just because the bears never had anything close to him prior to that. Um, But just because he's worth it, like on a market value basis, I don't know if it makes the most sense or if it makes the same amount of sense for every team. Um, But I guess that's something that, you know, that's going to come down to what the Titans front office believes they can do in solving those other question marks or, or filling those other holes. Because, right. um, yeah, I mean, it, the quarterback is the biggest question mark on most teams. Mm-hmm. If you can solve that and make that a non-issue for the next five to seven years, that's got to be comforting. And it's just a matter of then executing on those other plays that you have to make. Right. Right. And, and I think I think the, the when, I, when I mentioned Bortles earlier, I think that if they did go the other route, there's some good stop gaps for them to look at. I mean, even like a Chase Daniel or Nick Foles, a Bortles that you can bring in for two years while you're either developing a young guy or and spending money elsewhere. I think there's going to be some good options um, this offseason for a team like that deciding whether or not they want to pay somebody. Same thing with like the Bucks. So the Bucks going to pay um, Jameis. Um, I think he's up this year too, right? right. This is the same draft class. I think so, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so he it, has, uh, they're kind of in the one same more spot year with that. Want to take his player option? Yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Very, very good question though. Very intriguing to think about. Yeah. Right. 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 I'll ask you guys one thing. Was the issue that Cutler was guaranteed a lot of money, or was it just the size of the contract and injury problems? Um, I think that's a huge factor in saying, look, hey, if you're playing and you're playing to what you should be, then you'll get your money. But if you're hurt, it isn't going to cripple us. Um, I saw that like right around the average is around 40% of that uh, money being guaranteed. So I think he's going to fall in around the 30% mark because of the injury issues. And I think that kind of helps you out a little bit. And if they can yeah. negotiate that, I think it makes that it makes it a lot better of a look, and it makes it gives you that more flexibility. Um, the Bears' issue, I think, what a lot of fans had issues with was Cutler just turned the ball over too much. It was a high dollar figure. Of, I think it was right right around one hundred twenty seven million dollars, and fifty four or so of that was guaranteed. So um, definitely less than the fifty percent mark of guaranteed money. And it ended up not being as big a deal because they were able to uh, cut him or release him from the roster in the, the year that they did. And I think they saved at the time, I think they saved 10 or $12 million on it at that point. Um, so, you know, there, there are different ways that you can structure it, um, which I guess leads to um, you know, maybe a good way to kind of wrap this up. You know, we'll start with the Titans fan. You know, this contract comes due. Maybe they pick up the option next year, and then we're talking about this in the, the offseason following next season. What do you What are you comfortable with in terms of years and dollars for, for Marcus Mariota being the centerpiece of the offense moving forward? Sure, sure, sure. So I think my number for him is $20 million. 
I think that is the most I would be comfortable paying him based on what I looked at for the other guys that are in the market. Um, Brady makes 20.5. I know he's not Brady, but you know, Brady's going to get a new contract probably this year. Obviously. And Brady's always taken quote unquote, the, you know, the hometown discount. He's making plenty of money elsewhere. His wife is I'm pr- pretty sure out <laughs> earning him. So the, the money isn't really an issue for them. And right. he's kind of allowed them to build that roster around him as best as possible. Right. Um, so, I mean, 20 million on a, on an annual basis. Are you looking at five years or something here? Five, six years? What are we thinking? Four to five fair? years, what I think is um, fair. And I say that because uh, we have right now the fourth most cap room. So we have the money to spend. I would much rather spend it right now on, someone who we know will actually help us win um, versus maybe kind of saving it up, waiting for the next guy to just come onto the market and then maybe we can nab him. Um, I think that you have someone in your building who you like, you just pay the guy. Um, I saw that Ryan Tannehill is at 19.7 million. I think Mariota is significantly better. Significantly better. Um, So, he might not take less than that. I don't know. Um, yeah, then it comes down to how, how well the Titans can perform at the negotiating table or how flexible Mariota and his camp want to be. But right. it's uh, it's an interesting topic. I mean, it's an interesting thing kind of across the league in terms of how teams are going to start to approach building their rosters and, and preparing themselves for the four- to five-year window of competition. Um, and even that, I mean, you're never guaranteed the next year. The Eagles look miserable this year, just having won the Super Bowl last year. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I think a lot of the teams are taking the you know the opposite approach of building up and then trying to find some controllable quarterback um, contract wise on the cheap that they can find ways to win with by, uh, you know, some other big players making plays. So we'll see. Um, it's something that the Titans may not have to worry about until the off season following next season, but uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens, and maybe we'll have to have Henry back on at that point to kind of reassess what happens and then kind of give it a grade on how they handle it. Um, but Henry's actually going to stick with us here, so that was uh, the the main you know topic and uh, point of interest that he has being a big Titans fan. But um, being a Chicago resident, he resident he has plenty of the Chicago sports scene kind of thrown in his face, whether he likes it or not. Um, and so we'll kind of move move our way into the Chicago team in terms of uh, the NFL and, and what we got going on with the Bears. Uh, Skinner, what do you uh, what do you feeling after the uh, the Lions game on Thanksgiving? Um, you know, how, how do you kind of feel sitting at eight and three and, and surviving the three games in twelve days? Um, feeling great. I think that Chase Daniel did an awesome side or awesome. What am I saying? Awesome side. Awesome job this year. This year, I can't talk right now. This week, um, we're just kind of holding <laughs> over for a bit. And uh, he, I mean, did exactly what you want out of your back, backup quarterback when your um, starter gets banged up. The defense looks awesome. Um, Eddie Jackson had an awesome game. That Yeah, that the, those stats that Eddie's got more touchdowns or one touchdown less than Julio Jones this year. Um Wow. I think actually yeah. it's he's the last got the, he's got the most defensive touchdowns since 2015 right from any player and I think he has more defensive touchdowns than like half of the league entire defenses since that time like it's ridiculous numbers and, and he, he got drafted in 2016 he got drafted in 2016 so yeah, one right. year he before he even got drafted 
Right, yeah. Yeah, Throw I mean him on offense, Matt Nagy. They, Come on, give said, me ten rounds. Chase Daniel said after the game that they've got some sets for him. I so. think I, actually was it last week or the week before he was actually in for one play. Or he was in the huddle and they ended up calling a timeout and he didn't come yep. back out there because I noticed it. He was out on the field on offense. Um, and that's that's one of those things that na- I'm not going to put anything past Nagy. I mean, he's he's run Akeem Hicks out there on a two-point conversion. Right. He's running – I mean, he, he's finding ways to get ta- – or what is it, Taquan Mazel or whatever his name is, um, a guy who I am surprised is in the NBA – or in the NFL, but he, he's finding ways to get him in open space. So, you know, maybe they find a way to get Eddie Jackson the ball because he seems to know exactly how to get to the end zone whenever he has the ball. So – Right. Um, I mean, they, they survived an absolutely horrendous uh, three games in 12 days. They played, it was what, 80-hour turnaround after the Sunday night game to Thursday. Um, you know, not only survived it. I mean, going 3-0 and in that scenario is phenomenal. So Send them on vacation, I think. Yeah, I right. Think I they mean, need some, some, the, some massages and a little Florida action. Yeah, that, that would be yeah. nice. But in, they get to, uh, instead, they get to go right back at it on Sunday and uh, – Go, go out to East Rutherford and see what they can do against the Giants. And it sounds like everything is pointing towards another Chase Daniel sighting on Sunday. Um, nothing's right. been confirmed. Trubisky, initially they said he wasn't going to practice. The report came out that he was limited in practice. Who really knows what that means? Um, what are we kind of thinking in terms of the likelihood that they can win another game with Chase Daniel? You know, the Giants aren't great, but, you know, is it smart to sit him? Do we think the Bears can get a win with Chase Daniel again? Um you know, what are the outlooks for Sunday coming up? Um, I definitely think they can. The reason being, Eli cannot handle pressure. Um, he's shown that in these last couple of years. I mean, previously he obviously could and was a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, whatever. He's not that Eli anymore. So, I mean, if you get to Eli a couple of times, I think that this Giants offense is going to be brutal. Obviously, Barkley and OBJ are big threats, but – um, I mean, if you get to the quarterback, that changes the whole t- the whole game plan. The one thing that I think we've been blessed with as fans and the Bears have been blessed with as a team is they have been super healthy this year. Um, I mean, nothing super serious. Yeah, Khalil's had out two games. So did Allen Robinson. Um, and Akeem Hicks is on the injury report right now, so I'm not really sure right. what that means. But. but those are really the only ones that we've had to deal with all year. And if they can get through this Giants game and then – who do they have after the Giants? Do they go back to a division game, or is it the Rams? Rams on Sunday night, which which oh, is okay. why I'm, I'm home. yeah, which is why I'm more inclined that if uh, if there's any concern about Trubisky, whether it's anything from there's too much pain and he's going to build bad habits trying to get away from the pain, to he's going to be told to go out there and not run around, you know, anything like that, I think you got to sit him and make sure that he's as healthy as he can be for the following right. set of three games, Rams, Niners, Packers. Um, I think it's going to take 11 wins to win the division. If you can get number nine here without him, it makes the rest of the way that much more promising. And like you said, Chase Daniel looked, you know, he, he wasn't setting the world on fire and there was very little exciting about what he did. There was a lot of check downs and dump offs, but the guy is going to make good decisions He's not going to put you in a position where the defense has to play on a short field by turning the ball over in bad spots. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm on the, the side of, you know, maybe sit Mitchell if there's any sort of hesitation involved. 
um, and hope that the defense can go out there and hold the Giants to 13 or less points, which with the way Eli's looked, I don't think that's too much to ask. I'm uh, right, right on board. You can win a game just with the defense, and I think this might be one of them. Um, I think if you guys can put up 20, I think you guys might be in a good position to squeak out a win over there in East Rutherford. I, I would think that that's probably – pretty close if they can if the offense can score three touchdowns i'm going to be very confident because there's nothing there's nothing saying that maybe the defense doesn't score again and you know this this defense is suffocating and eli manning when you get anywhere close to him seems extremely uncomfortable he he refuses to step up in the pocket right so if 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 it means not practicing akeem hicks the rest of the way for him to be out there you just let leonard floyd and and khalil run upfield uh, off the edges, and uh, Akeem Hicks might end up in uh, Eli's lap by accident because he just won't move. So, just like Santa, <laughs> uh. Akeem could play Santa. He's a big boy. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm right on board with you there, AJ. I think that they're in a good spot here. Either way, whether it's Mitch or, or whether it's Chase, I think they'll be all right this week. Yeah, so uh, we'll go go around real quickly here um, and maybe do a real quick score prediction here. We'll start with Henry, the uh, the guest, and see what he thinks about the Bears this week. Yeah, so I think I think we're going to see Chase Daniel nearing that Philip Rivers short completion percentage start record. I think Chase Daniel starts twenty of twenty. Whoa, with ten of those passes. Wow, coming. Swing passes to Mr. Tariq Cohen. Um, I think you guys pull out the win. I think it's going to be 24 to 17. I think Saquon pulls off a long run, but that's pretty much the only thing they get going. Um, and then you guys come back home for a date with the Rams with at nine playoff seating on the line. Yeah, could, could be looking at a first-round bye depending on how the next few weeks go. Skinner, what do you got for this week? Uh, those completions are a little bold for me, but, uh, I'm going to go. <laughs> I like it. I mean, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it happens, I'm not going to be upset, but, uh, I'm going to go with the bears and score a little bit more. I'm going to go 27, 20 bears. And I'm also going to say chase is going to start. All righty. I, I will also say chase is going to start. I think Nagy is, you know, the constant alluding to handling it like they did with Khalil and Allen Robinson tells me that maybe it really isn't all that serious, but that they're okay. Given in the extra time. So I think we're going to see Khalil out there, uh, chase out there again, how maybe Khalil throws a pass or two, um, but we're going to see chase Daniel out there again. And I'm going to go even a little bit higher on the score. I think the offense is going to be more comfortable with Chase Daniel back there. They didn't run any practice repetitions prior to the Thanksgiving game. So I think getting a little couple days of practice and run through with him in terms of timing is going to go a long way. And I'm going to go Bears 31-16. And we're going to see a big performance out of Chase. I think he's going to throw for three scores, and the Bears are coming back for a Sunday night showdown with the Rams at 9-3. and a suffocating win there from Drayless. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Got to got to be positive. And and I wasn't too far off on uh, on Chase Daniel's stat line last week. I said he was going to throw for like two seventy five and two touchdowns. He threw for two thirty and touch two touchdowns. So not too far off. Um, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens. It's it's a game they should win, and they've they've won most of the games that they should win in convincing fashion this year. So hopefully they can go and do that again. 
Um, we'll uh, we'll move on to uh, real briefly. Um, we mentioned earlier the the residents of the Madhouse on Madison are, are really making life pretty miserable for us as Chicago sports fans, specifically the Blackhawks. Um, but the Bulls got off to a good start today. Um, they were up forty to thirty. They scored forty first quarter points against the Bucks. Um, so Skinner, I know that we've talked about it a little bit offline in terms of what it's going to look like when they get some of these guys back from injury. Um, what do you kind of look at as the, I don't know, two, three week, maybe month plus outlook on this team as these guys start coming back? Are we going to see a more competitive team? Do we hope to see that? I know we talked about it a little earlier on in one of the earlier episodes. Do we hope they lose? Like, what, what are we thinking here with the Bulls at this stage? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my whole problem with the Bulls right now is I don't really know what I want them to be. Um, like tonight, they're down one to the Bucks, 62-63. They can obviously put up points. Zach can put up points. Jabari can put up points. Um, obviously, we've seen Laurie put up points. Um, but when you bring back guys like Laurie, Dunn, Portis, who hopefully are going to be back within the next month, this team is healthy. Is probably a playoff team in the East. And now they're what five and fifteen or around that record, and yep. they got they kind of dug themselves in this hole. To me, it looks like with these guys healthy, it's gonna take some time for them to gel again. But they're gonna be a borderline playoff team if these guys are if they're competing. And they lost the Spurs by one or two in this game with the Bucks. I mean, they're how much? I mean, you gotta imagine that adding those three guys is going to put them over that hump of being comp- being more competitive and actually winning some of these games and having a true point guard or maybe not true point guard, but a solid point guard and not Archie or Shaquille Harrison, <laughs> whoever the hell that guy is. I mean, they're, they're, they're right there. But the problem is, is that what we want? Do we want them to be an eight seed? Cause you're not going to get much in the, in the drafts in that situation. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's a very up in the air scenario. I don't really know what to feel about it right now. And, We'll see, I guess. We're just going to have to let it play out and see if they can stay healthy. So do we think they have enough time to claw their way out of this hole? Or is it um, already saying that we're going to call honestly, this over? I think they could sneak in to the last couple spots in the East. If, if, they can, if these guys can come back and they can stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, they currently sit five spots or five games out of the eight spot. So I, I don't think by any means it's out of reach, especially considering those teams right there are the Charlotte Hornets and the Magic. You know, they're not world beaters by any means. But, you know, my whole thing about this is like, like, like I mentioned, they were up 40 to 30 on the Bucks after the first quarter, and they're currently down by a point at halftime. So they have, they're showing signs. They can, they can score the basketball. Zach Levine can get 30 on anybody on any night. He's basically going to get 20 for you, even if he's asleep. So like they can score the basketball. There's no question about that, but they still haven't proven that they can guard anyone. So, I mean, Laurie coming back is big. He's not a great defensive stopper. Chris Dunn coming back should help that defensive effort quite a bit. I just don't know if they're, like you said, to get cohesive enough. The offense is going to happen. They're, they're, they have enough guys who can just get get their own. Uh, do they have enough time to figure out how to play team defense together once they're all healthy? And then are we convinced enough that they'll stay healthy? You know, there, there's enough moving pieces right. here that I would say it's more likely than not that it's going to be a harder uphill battle to get to that eight spot. 
than it would be to simply, you know, find ways to get let guys take nights off without having the commissioner in your ear and guarantee that you get a, an opportunity at one of the Duke freshmen or whoever else might bring their way to the top of the NBA draft board. Zion, Zion. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that's a whole not, that's a topic for a whole other day. I mean, that we could talk for weeks about what he's shown so far and how he might fit in with this team. But um, I don't know. I, I think it really is going to be one of those things that the next two or three weeks can really tell a lot. Once Laurie's back, kind of seeing how the defense, I think, is the biggest question mark. How that comes together, if it comes together at all. Like it might, they might just have a group of guys right now that have no interest in playing defense, and you're not going to win many games that way because they're not good enough offensively to, to score with some of these teams. Right. And Henry, um, I know you weren't here for this, but you can chime in on this. Um, I know we did a preseason record prediction. Can we do a quarter of the way record prediction for the Bulls here? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a, a good thing to do. I uh, I don't remember where I was at. I don't I think I may have said like I say we were all five. We, I think we're all somewhat close to 500, like yeah, 37 I think I to 35 or 38, wins. something like yeah. that. But, I mean, at this point, it's both it's both something that I think is going to happen and a um, something that I hope is going to happen is I think they're going to be somewhere right around 30. Like, if they win 20 or 25 games the rest of the way, I, that might be too much to get them too low <laughs> in the draft. Um but I'll go with, for just ease of numbers and math, I'll go 30 and 52. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick them around 35 to 38 range because I think they have enough talent. Um, and, you know, you guys were saying this. They can play ball, and they can score on anybody. So if they don't play defense half the nights, then maybe they get some wins when they do play defense. So I think somewhere around the 35 to 38 mark is fair because they can outscore a lot of teams. Especially in the East. They can. Especially and in it's the just going to take a couple of stops here and there. So we'll see if they can find the find the right pairings and groupings to get those stops down the stretch when you really do need them. Agreed. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a tough thing to predict. Like, AJ, you kind of alluded to, are they going to find nights to rest guys and keep, keep Adam Silver out of their ear? Or are they going to? Try and keep these guys healthy. Um, I personally think that once these guys are healthy, they're going to put some runs together. I know they did that last year where they won with Nico was when, when he was on fire. I think they won nine or 11 in a row, something crazy. Yeah, um, that's got his trade value up real quick. Right. So I think they're going to do something along those lines, maybe not straight, but they're going to have a good stretch. And uh, I think they're going to kind of sneak into that playoff conversation and then it's going to kind of turn into that same thing as last year where somebody gets hurt or they kind of look at it and they're like, hey, let's sneak back down so we get a top seven or eight pick and start Mm -hmm. resting some guys or somebody's going to get hurt. So I'm going to go with them sneaking back into that conversation. I'm going to go 33 to 35 range. I'm going to go with 34 wins. All righty. So a uh, little bit less optimistic than we were at the beginning of the year, but that's kind of it's kind of what happens when you get off to a what five and fifteen start or whatever it is, and our three starters, they have. 
Yeah, three yeah. starters are out. to play. It doesn't matter what quality your team is. If you're down three guys that you expected to start and play big minutes, you're gonna you're gonna struggle quite a bit. So, right, exactly. um, overcome that. really, the only other news outside of the United Center or coming from the United Center for the Blackhawks, um, they're still struggling mightily. They lost eight to three last night to Las Vegas and continue to play no defense, similar to their co-residents. Um, but the the trade la- earlier this week of Nick Schmaltz to Phoenix, apparently Phoenix is the only team the Blackhawks will make trades with. Um, I think they have seven or eight former Blackhawks cur- currently under contract now. Um, but, I mean, it, it just it continues to show that maybe Stan Bowman really isn't as good as we might have thought early on. I think this is the fourth or fifth straight first-round pick that he's made that has not gotten a second contract. Uh, with the Blackhawks. So, you know, either not developing them properly or not doing the proper assessment of talent has led to continuously moving on from the guys that they wanted to be a part of their core moving forward. Um, They got a couple of first round picks for them in return, but they're both guys that have yet to produce at the levels they were expected to. So I don't really know what to make of the trade. Um, It's been documented a little bit that Nick Schmaltz is kind of a difficult guy in the locker room. Um, whether or not that's true, um, it's just another it's another move that is maybe surprising, but also maybe not the more you look into it and, and they continue to struggle. So I don't really know what to make of them at this point. Colleton has not given them the spark that some people hoped he might, and he's kind of making the front office look even more foolish for bringing or for sending Q out of town. But I don't know if either of you guys have comments on that. I know they have the Predators coming up later this week. I would bet the house and next month's rent on the Predators winning that game, but it's a tough time for the Blackhawks. That's there's no question about that. Yeah, uh, not a whole lot to to say on them, um, but I think just that Q move just continues to look more and more pitiful that they made a move like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't see where they're going to go this offseason with this kind of old core and how they're going to get themselves out of this hole that they're in right now. Yeah, it'll be tough. I mean, the the conference is kind of up and down. There are some teams playing way better than you might have thought, and there's some other teams that are kind of falling back to the middle of the pack. But they're uh, they've put themselves in a tough spot, and you're not going to really make up any ground if you're giving up eight goals a night. And it's, uh, it was definitely ugly to watch last night for sure. So we'll see if they're able to turn a corner at all. Um, I still think there's enough talent in that, in that room offensively, kind of similar to the, to what the bulls have going on right now. So I don't know if there's a way to make a move and get another defenseman um, or maybe switch up the defensive pairings or what it's going to take, but they need to have some sort of semblance of, competitive defense in front of Corey Crawford or all of a sudden he's going to look like an average goalie, which we all know he's not. So we'll, uh, we'll move on from there. That's pretty much it. The biggest stories is, uh, is definitely the bears and hopefully for the next several weeks, we'll continue to be that because it'll mean they're still winning. Uh, but we'll wrap this up with a couple of staples that we've had so far and we'll go, uh, with the dingus and earn your stripes here and we'll go around the horn uh, we'll start off with the dingus of the week. So, uh, Henry, you're the guest. We'll let you go first. Who do you got? So nice of you to let me go first. My dingus of the week is the entire LSU football team. So, for those of you who are not watching, LSU was up three with about a minute left 
um, they thought they had won, so they did the old Gatorade shower on their coach, Coach O. Turns out, a bad beat. It's a bad beat. It turns out the play that they won on was overturned, and the other team, I forget who they were playing, um, went down, scored a field goal, tied it up. It went to overtime, and after seven overtimes of being drenched in lemon-lime Gatorade, Coach O's LSU Tigers lost, and he had to go back to the locker room. It was like room. an hour 45, wasn't it? Like It was a long time that you're sitting there sticky watching your team continue to give up touchdowns. Exactly. He was standing there just looking like a dingus. So he is my dingus of the week. Is that his fault? So is, it, is, it, is he the dingus or is the team the dingus? True. That's a good point. I think they are collectively a dingus. Okay. So we have we have another edition of Collective Dingai for Henry's submission for the week. So you heard it here first. That is that's a, that's a really good one. I mean that that's it's different if it was water, but I mean Gatorade is a lot of salt or a lot of sugar. So like that's going to be pretty sticky. You're standing nice there and uh, you're just hoping that your defense can find a way to get a stop. And well. Seven overtimes later, they still weren't able to do it. So, in the longest game in the history of college football, yeah, that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good nominee there for the first time guest. So, well done, Henry Skinner. What do you got to follow that up with? Um, yeah, I don't know if I can beat that, but I'm gonna go with our uh, boys up in Milwaukee and the boy ball Milwaukee crew. Um, Ooh, a little shot at the uh, at the group up there. Got to, I got to love them, but. Uh, I don't know. They they seem to think that the Milwaukee Bucks are championship favorites out of the East. I don't know about in the whole league, but they think they're going to the championship. And, yeah, the East is down, but I don't think any team that gives up 40 points to the Bulls and this B squad that they keep putting out there <laughs> can be put in the championship conversation. I mean, I think they're getting close. But I don't think Chris Middleton, Eric Blezzo, Brooke Lopez, Brogdon, or whoever, I, I don't think they have that second piece. Yeah, I think they're still that one second piece away. Right, exactly. I, I don't think they're going to get by a team like the Sixers where you throw three studs out there or you go look at the Raptors with Kawhi, Lowry, um, even Ibaka playing out of his mind this year. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that they're there yet. And I'm going to – they're going to be my dingus this year for overhyping the Bucks all year. All right. Well, we'll definitely have to let them know that they uh, that they have a little bit of a shout yeah. out in the episode and see uh, see what they think, and we'll, we'll know if they listen because we we'll maybe not tell them if it's a positive or negative shout out. But um, <laughs> all right, so we got two pretty good no- uh, nominations there so far. I will round it out with a particular fan of the Los Angeles Lakers um, in a game earlier this week, one of those kind of in-game entertainments during a timeout, they had one of the local casinos out there sponsor a game where they pick a fan, they throw up a line of cards on the big jumbotron and they essentially tell them, all right, you're going to pick higher or lower than the first card that's shown. So they flip the first card over and it's a zero. And the lady who's hosting the game says, all right, higher or lower than zero. No hesitation, confident as hell, the guy goes lower. And out of the, <laughs> out of the side of the screen, you can kind of see the girl look at him like, are you sure? Like, I'm going to give you a second. Do you really you want to rethink that? And he looks at her and goes, let's go. And she goes, all right, let's see. And they flip the card over, and it's a three. So it's not a high number whatsoever. And she doesn't really know how to react and just kind of goes, I guess your luck's run out. So <laughs> – 
He's my dingus. It was higher or lower. The card was a zero, and he decided to go lower. So I don't know what kind of decks of cards they're using out in L.A. or what uh, what kind of pregame activities he got into, but there's nothing lower than zero, pal. So you are a dingus. Um, so those are the three nominees. We have LSU combo with their head coach, uh, Ed O, for Dingai. And then we have our, our Lakers fan there, courtesy of me. And then we also have... Skinner's nominee, the Ball Milwaukee crew up there for getting a little overexcited about the Milwaukee Bucks and what their season might hold. So we'll throw that up on the Twitter account again for another vote like we have recently uh, to get your thoughts and see who is the winner for the week. And we'll move in and kind of end on a little bit more of a positive note with the earn your stripes. Um, Henry, we are happy that you're here as a guest, but we're not going to pamper you and let you go first twice. Skinner, what do you got for the earn your stripes? Yep. Um, I like that. Can't pamper the new guy too much. Um, totally agree. We want to keep him go... guessing at whether we'll have him back or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Eddie Ballhawk Jackson for my earnings. There we go. T-shirts are coming. Stay tuned. Love it. Um, yeah, I mean, like we talked about earlier, some ridiculous stats. Uh, more defensive touchdowns since 2015 than any other defensive player and the guy's only been in the league since 2016 he's got five touchdowns i think three of those are picks and two of them are are off of fumbles um really just ridiculous and like we said i mean that guy needs to get on offense he is going to be my earn your stripes this week Great. All right. Great I like game. that. And I mean, the most recent one on Thanksgiving was massive, definitely ice the game. And uh, right. I don't think any of us are surprised that Matt Stafford threw an interception at that point. But the fact that he was able to turn it into points the other way was huge. And, um, and just the move he made on that ball. I was, I was watching the game with. Uh, oh, I mean, he read it like a book. Right. Right. I, I was watching the game so fast. My uncle, who's a high school football coach, and he was just shocked on that that a safety would make a read like that because you're gambling so much but he read it perfectly it was a it was a gamble but i mean he was that paid off yeah it sure. definitely paid off and he knew right this away time. where to go yeah but if you looked up the field he's not putting himself out of position but he hasn't really seemed to make a habit of that yet so. right and if you looked up the field that he was probably gone if he made that catch and jackson missed that so i mean like i said just right. an amazing read yeah, you got to like a guy that has the instincts that it seems like he does. And, and it's never a bad thing when Ed Reed is calling you uh, calling you out and saying that, that you're kind of next to the throne for the best safeties in the league. So it was, it was pretty cool to hear that. I'm sure that'll get him hyped up going into uh, into this week. And maybe we'll see him take a couple of uh, Eli Manning passes the other way. Uh, Henry, what do you got for the Earn Your Stripes, your first nominee here? So for mine, I'm going to go with – Mr. Christian McCaffrey, running back for the Carolina Panthers. I will Love say it. I'm a big fantasy football fan. And when your running back also has a day that would be a top 10 wide receiver, that's earning your stripes to me because you are playing two people with one play. That's huge. So Mr. Christian McCaffrey earned his stripes this week, and I'm glad I have him on my team. Ooh. So you have him on the team, so you had to throw him out there. I guess that's a nice little humble brag that you got to throw in there at the end. I also uh, have him on the team. Your words. <laughs> I mean, he, had a, he did have a hell of a game. So, I mean, he definitely definitely earns that nominee. I will round it out here. Um, a shameless homer pick for sure. Um, the Dayton Flyers were in the battle for Atlantis uh, last week for their Thanksgiving tournament. 
and kind of a little bit of a transition year. Um, new coach uh, coming in. They've had lost Archie Miller to Indiana last year. So, you know, kind of a little bit of uncertainty as to what to expect from this team. But they went out there and were able to put together a couple of really competitive games against teams that I thought they'd, they'd get stomped by. So they were able to stay. I think they lost by eight to Virginia, which was really the – uh, the game that kind of showed me that they were a competitive team. They have the right pieces in place. So I'm going to give the earn, earn your stripes to the new head coach. Um, got his first technical out there in Atlantis. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't all just fun, relaxed vacation time for him. But uh, the Dayton Flyers look like they might be a little more entertaining than I had expected, which uh, always puts a smile on my face. So I'm, uh, I'm going to go with the Dayton Flyers for the earn your stripes this week. I really hope that the Dayton Flyers do not win this award because AJ is trying to turn it into a participation award. And Ooh, okay. I'm not a fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. No participation. We, we, are, we are not a participation trophy podcast, um, which is why I, I guess maybe. <laughs> which is why you picked the Dayton Flyers, right? I guess it won't go to the team. It's going to go to the head coach. He had him prepared. He had he him. Yeah, uh, technical. Yeah, he's he's showing that he's he's ready to to stand up for his players and uh and I'm gonna his, have to add that got on the line. I'm gonna have to add huh? as my dingus as well. <laughs> I, I, I told I told you it was it was a homer pick. I had to, I had to find a way to get him in there. Come on. I respect it. I respect it, but I really hope they don't win. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll definitely throw those up there on the uh, on a poll as well. Um, go out there, let us know who you think won that. Um, but that's pretty much all we got. Um, we'll see what the Bears are able to do. Hopefully the Bulls and Blackhawks can show some semblance of competition. And, uh, again, we're, we're excited and, and happy to have had Henry here with us. Uh, first guest on the podcast. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully we'll have you back. And, uh, again, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.